Welcome to episode 109 of the Grip Strip Podcast. Josh ran across my right front, Bob. Didn't you see it? Edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew, a.k.a. Boomhauer, a.k.a. Wannabe Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, your host, and I'm here with my co-host great, and uh, big-time Dale Jr. So far. fan, you know, Josh Refine. Glad What's to going on, see man? your Jim Nance impression coming back there for the Masters this week. You know, Jim Nance, a uh, pretty busy guy. He just did the NCAA men's tournament, and now he's doing the Masters. So I uh, always like to hear his voice and great impression there by you. But, uh, you know, we got a lot of motorsports to talk about and everything. And, you know, I will tell you this. I uh, didn't mention this offline, but I rented a Jeep Wrangler this week for my work trip. And uh, it was an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're thinking about con- – it's like I'm thinking about concussions. You're thinking about combustion. And so with that, we have to get into the combustion, which is Max Verstappen's uh, engine since uh, the new E10 fuel doesn't seem to be agreeing with his Honda Red Bull powertrain and uh, basically uh, gave a free pass, which uh, well, it wasn't like he was. I'll show you what it looks like here real fast. Were during the weekend, but I mean, let's, let's start off with Claire, a talk about this. Uh, gets another victory. Um, it's in a, the Australian it's Grand an interesting Prix, deal so here. The first three races, um, both of the races a, it was a really nice car Max on the outside. Fallen out of um, the controls uh, were Lewis Hamilton had overheating issues. I've never driven this car cost before. Him a podium, and, but in yeah, turn, just like George the, Russell gets the window controls are all in the center console. We'll get in all that. Didn't know that until I left the Joseph Newgard person at the car rental was like, oh yeah, it's in the center so console. Like, oh. And then uh, later on, IndyCar driving series, the car at night, I realized wins that I didn't have the headlights Jay on. New, and I'm like, well, uh, my car, you know, the and, my Acura uh, TL, win the headlight Beach, uh, so thing is like on the same thing as the He's got turn signal um, thing. And in it was, um, you know, not on there. It was like on the dashboard, like all the way down to the left. I'm like, why is it there? That's stupid. Here in a couple weeks time which is essentially his second home race now but and he's the winningest driver there but winning at long beach is huge uh and uh we'll talk about all that what happened with the battle between himself uh, alex Pillow, the defending series champion and colton herta before he um ended himself and um Speaking of ending yourselves or falling asleep, which I did during this race, uh, the NASCAR race at Martinsville, the Cup Series race, was uh, pretty awful. There was zero on-track passes for the lead in a 400-lap race, and the temperatures were so fucking cold, they the Badger tires couldn't even lay rubber. So um, there's that. Uh, Junebug provided uh, great entertainment. Amongst other people who were trying to run each other over, Joe Graff Jr. ran into a few people. There was a few people that were just hit. There were ro- rolling chicanes and battering rams at Martinsville in the Xfinity and the Truck Series. Uh, Ty Gibbs uh, was a little bitch and uh, took and didn't take his helmet off and started punching Sam Mayer. Uh, Sam Mayer looked a little worse for wear. No pun in, not trying to rhyme there, but um, Keebler Gibbs. Oh, yeah, no. I that that's so I guess uh I guess grandpa's paying for him to take boxing lessons because he's getting out of getting his ass kicked in the cup series at the rate he's going. Yeah, and considering the Xfinity purses it wouldn't be that far off. Um, you know, he doesn't win a race, so he throws a bitch fit. So it's he's, he fits right in to grandpa's team. Uh we'll get into that. We'll get into the truck series event, which uh William Byron got two out of three wins this weekend. Uh it might be his breakout campaign. 
here in the Cup Series, but also in general. Um, he still has a personality of Driftwood. Uh, he's sponsored by, he has the ugliest paint scheme, one of the ugliest paint schemes I've ever seen in my life on his car. Well, that's even with Liberty, when Liberty University is on the car, let alone when um, whatever that garbage was that's on his car last week. Uh, we'll get in all three NASCAR races, of course. MotoGP, Moto2 at Coda. Uh, Bastaini gets a win in uh, MotoGP, second win of the year, retakes the points lead. IMSA at Long Beach, which was interesting for sure. Uh, Ganassi, Chip Ganassi Racing with the Cadillac program gets their first or second win uh, with the first win for the 0-1, which I think I predicted here uh, on the show last week. I'm not remember. I'm, I'm, I was listening to the show. I sat here. Yeah. I mean, it ain't as good as the algorithm picking freaking Tate Fogelman, but you know, but you know, yeah, we, we have to hit once in a while. Uh, so I'll, I'm not, I know that your algorithm's way better, man, but I, at least once in a while I have to hit one and I got one with, uh, uh, Seb and, uh, Ranger and, uh, zero one car. Uh, World, uh, we got supercars at Albert Park, World Superbikes at Aragon, Formula E at Rome, and then uh, Moto America had their opener this past weekend. Danilo Petrucci coming from MotoGP, riding for Ducati, the New York-based Ducati effort, uh, goes and gets a double at Coda in the first race of the Moto America Superbike season. Get into NFL draft a little bit, PBA playoffs, Josh's Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, quite outspoken Travis Etienne and uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, commenting about the former coach who might be going back to Falks, which makes sense because he's a hack. Some pretty good um, bowling. And a liar and a scumbag, which fits their MO anyway. And Speaking of that, Durwood's coming back to announce this weekend, so that's going to be insufferable. Um, we'll get into the PBA playoffs a little bit, probably. Uh, Belmo got eliminated, and um, the Masters tournament, where Scotty Scheffler four-putted the last and still won by three. Um, he was playing a different golf course than everybody else, I think, uh, the way he played this week, this past weekend at Augusta, fourth win in two months. Uh, he is on a heater for sure. Um, and, you know, early lock in for the player of the year with four wins and a major, and it's not even the middle of April. Uh, he's gonna, he's got a lot going on there. President's cup, uh, likely amongst other things, but of course you're the master's champion. Uh, you're, that's the biggest one to win. So big, big ups to him there. Josh will talk about, uh, I racing and the sim community sim segment uh, before we close the show. So uh, let's go with the Australian Grand Prix first, Josh. I mean, in the end, uh, I mean, you're watching UFC, so that kind of ran into the Formula One, I would assume. But even with that, yeah, so it would make uh, make it easier for you to be able to go and watch it. I know I couldn't, uh, or I didn't because I either fell asleep or tired because of all the fatigue of the shitty job that I'm currently in. I'm about to get out of it. 
that tomorrow basically is my last day. So um, before I start a new job, but then I'm the asshole that doesn't go and give myself time off in between jobs. I just insist on going back and continuing to torture myself. Um, but that's beside the point. We'll um, get into the results here of the Australian Grand Prix. It was a processional race. Even with all the changes, they had four DRS zones and they turned it to three. It's a processional race as usual. Uh, Charles Leclerc started on pole, got the Grand Slam. Only uh, two uh, safety cars uh, took place. Uh, there was Carlos Sainz retired um, and and spun off after starting ninth. He had had a rough qualifying uh, spun off and fell out of the race. And then Sebastian Vettel's nightmare debut, 2022 debut, ended with him in the wall. Uh, those were the two safety cars. Leclerc led every lap, of course, uh, won by over 20 seconds on Sergio Perez. And Sergio Perez had a five-second gap between himself and George Russell, who gets his first podium for Mercedes, as I mentioned earlier. Lewis Hamilton had overheating issues. And but finished fourth. So the Mercedes team gets a 3-4 finish, basically the best they're seeing that they could have gotten. Uh, the gap between themselves and Red Bulls kind of closing a little bit, but they're still the third best team. But there's a huge gap between them and everyone else now, it seems like. They had 20, nearly uh, 30 seconds on the McLarens, uh, which saw Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo finish 5th and 6th, Esteban Ocon 7th, Valtteri Bottas 8th, Pierre Gasly ninth, and Alexander Albon, who ran 57 laps on a set of tires, pulled the old Jeff Burton, Frankie Stoddard move, and pitted on the last, or pitted like two laps to go or whatever the hell, puts a set of softs on and sneaks that last point for Williams, uh, on a weekend where Nicholas Latifi uh, looked completely lost along with his Canadian counterpart, Lance Stroll. Uh, the Williams team gets a point. Albon started dead last and came back up to 10th, finished through three yeah, definitely. one second. Yeah, you talk about Danny Hamlin winning behind at Richmond. That's a tradition unlike no other, like Alpha we talked Tory, about, and, and he's he won many times in the past. He and, and, uh, had a really rough start to the season two uh, this year. Two, you know, he's ranked 3 seconds ahead of Joe before this win. Now, uh, for this point. race and basically turns all so, uh, the entire season around for him because you know, once you get that win, it gives you confidence boost for your team and for you as a driver. But also scenario now it opens up as far as uh, yeah. what you can do Pierre with your Gasly strategy uh, is, you know, in, um, uh, in these races I mean, and then also you know, your car setup you can start uh, get a little bit uh, aggressive wins with your car setup and see very uh, you know, what kind of uh, changes you can make and what you know, kind of experiments you can make for later in the year you know, especially as we right now, get towards the playoffs um, in September and, or in August so um, it's hard there's to always think all that that you have to consider once you win a race to get past Charles Leclerc I wouldn't have picked Danny Hamlin I didn't think he had the pace I thought maybe Kyle Busch would have had uh, the pace uh, for this when he gets that momentum, um, race, but then he's hard to stop. Um, he was in the top five, two I out of three wins, most of it, but then or in the top ten, Max or stopping, who's basically um, had that 
penalty, which is really strange to me. I did not know that um, a shit apparently of points. You know, adding tape to the grill um, of uh, the next-gen car is, be very is, is a penalty, for, for uh, which is strange, even with the amount I guess of that's the new that rule now with uh, this car. So definitely uh, you know, everybody learned. And now Kyle Busch uh, had to pay for that one and uh, ended up getting another poor finish. So um, at least you know, for one Joe Gibbs car, uh, they now have a win with Danny Hamlin, but then some of the other cars like Kyle Busch have either self-induced errors or um things that just take them out of contention there um so you know that was a, a up and down i guess for the gibbs organization you, know, you also had uh martin truex who was uh contending for the win too uh, had a chance to possibly get by william byron um within the last 10 laps but then i think his car kind of faded because he was getting kind of close to uh, bill byron there but then um, started to lose pace, and then eventually Hamlin got around him there uh, within that last 10 laps, and then Hamlin passed uh, William Byron there. So uh, definitely a, a race that uh, involved a lot of tire strategy. You know, that's something that you know, we really haven't seen over the last uh, couple of years in Cup, but you know, I think at this racetrack, uh seems like we we have a lot of long green flag runs now um there's not really a whole lot of crashing that happens i mean we did have two accidents in this race but definitely um not really a whole lot of um action going on outside of that and so that leads to long runs where you really have to figure out the tire strategy and then you know like you said toyota uh joe gibbs racing they went on a two-stop strategy kind of to end the race whereas uh william byron and his team they decided to try to go the whole last 90 laps uh without pitting and uh it almost paid off there but unfortunately it didn't work out for them and tires faded at the end and uh denny hamlin uh ended up getting the win there um so definitely a um, good race, I guess, in terms of strategy, being able to see comers and goers at the end and seeing who had the best uh, you know, handle on the car with um, the tire strategy. So we got kind of that race uh, going on. You know, we were, really weren't sure what type of racing we would see with this new car at Richmond uh, compared to the Gen 6. But I think overall, um, based on that, you, know, you had a lot of action towards the end uh, with tire strategy. Um, so at least that made it really interesting to watch. And she doesn't offer anything anyways. One thing that we have to really see. Well, the Mercedes power unit is not there. We I think can they say do. that it's not been as good. Uh, nowhere near as good as either. Uh, definitely the Ferrari. Uh, the Red Bull powertrain Honda was can compete. But the problem is each one of their drivers have had a DNF because of the engine or fuel pump or fuel flow issues they'll blame per red bull they'll always blame anything but themselves for their problems uh but the e10 fuels causing mercedes problems and they're not breaking they may not be fast but they're not breaking uh the ferraris have responded the best to this uh whether it's because for ferrari itself the shell uh shell has provided them a good product or for some of their um, customer teams whoever they're fuel suppliers are they've made a good they're able to mate the engine to that or maybe they're all using that same fuel i'm not exactly certain on that but fact of the matter is red bull powertrains they got a problem um even though you know sir you got two out of four guys in the points uh, this past race um you know second place for sergio perez and then um a ninth for gasly um isn't horrendous but it's not amazing i mean gasly right now is 12th in points um and yuki sonoda 
is right there with them. They only have 10 points so far this year, um, which isn't promising. They're in eighth in the constructors. They're on, but the fact is their battle between Alfa Romeo, Haas, and them are, is very close. Alpine and McLaren are in their own battle, and then it looks like Mercedes and Red Bull are in their own specific battle. Mercedes has a 10-point lead on Red Bull uh, in the constructors right now. Even without uh, Carlos Sainz, Ferrari uh, was able to maximize their situation. They're 39 points up on Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship, and they're nearly 50 points, uh, 49 points ahead of Red Bull. So there is that. Uh, I mean, I, I, I take George Russell getting that podium, maximizing the most you could get out of that. The car is not great, uh, but they were able to get a third and fourth place finish. It shows that, of course, Mercedes is there. They're a little more uh, in previous years, basically from 2014 through last year, there was more times than not where Mercedes would F up and maybe cost themselves points or cost Lewis or in the, you know, Lewis people want to whine about Lewis being on the radio. I'm like, here's the thing. If you put, him put every person's radio on. I'm pretty sure they all sound the same. It's just the fact that Lewis is a seven-time world champion and he's won over 100 races and he's a black guy and people don't like any of that. Um, Max Verstappen whines too, but I guess it's fine uh, depending on the person. But in the end, Red Bull comes up with every excuse in the book to justify their situation. But if Lewis says something, oh, it's the worst thing ever. Um, you know, their cars dog crap relative to the top two cars, but they're in this somehow. Uh, the points situation is not completely atrocious for Lewis. Um, he's only nine points out of second. Um, he's ahead of Max, but of course he's finished every race versus, um, Max only finishing one. And so, I mean, his average finish, Lewis's average finish is better than the two guys that are ahead of him. Right now, the two immediate people ahead of him. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, next race at Imola will be a more sim- similar processional deal, I think. Uh, we'll get into it in next episode, episode 110. But um, there's not a whole lot of passing zones there either. So qualifying um, will be a premium there as well and top end speed. Will Mercedes have... Upgrades. Some of these teams, I guess all these teams will have time to have upgrades. We'll finally see the first upgrades of the year here at uh, Imola coming up uh, for the Parmigiano-Reggiano Grand Prix um, next week. Uh, Let's see. We'll go from Formula One to the IndyCars, the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, which was won by Joseph Newgarden and uh, was a strong, strong uh, run by him. It started with Colton Herter running off from pole and leading the first 28 laps, but Alex Pillow undercut both uh, Herter and Newgarden and came out in the lead. Great pit stops by the Ganassi crew, helping the defending series champion. He was up there. Uh, Colton Herta ended up crashing. 
And then it became a battle between Palo and yeah, I New think Garden. For me, um, New Garden. I'm going to go with John Hunter uh, winning this race. Um, I, he hasn't had a really great start to the season. He's uh, had three victory, 20th place finishes to start the year. And then got second at Coda two weeks ago. Gets his uh, best uh, career finish. Now uh, has a chance to you know, finish well at Martinsville, uh, potentially win. For the Andretti um, Autosport he's won here before at Martinsville back in 2018. And then started Palo on gets last a year at Martinsville, um, then ended up finishing 39th. So um, it's a little bit hot and cold at this track, but uh, uh, you're, you're in a Kyle Busch Motorsports car. Gets, Kyle Busch is racing, so five. Um, definitely Scott have to be Dixon, able to uh, contend uh, with your owner, someone who's you know, won at this track many, many times in the past in the truck series. So I definitely think that, uh, uh, John, Hummer, Hall, John Hunter has uh, a lot seven. going for him this weekend. Alexander um, I think Rossi, other guys you got to look at. Um, car, William Byron is going to be moonlighting really in this race for, uh, for Spire Motorsports and HendrickCars.com number seven. Kind of went against uh, this him. car uh, or this truck Elio was you know, fair, Neves, fairly competitive uh, when it, they ran at Coda with Alex Bowman. Seems like um, they're basically going to be using this car as extra practice for Hendrick Motorsports drivers. That's what it looks like so far for the trucks. But Rocket fourteen. Uh, William Byron, you know, he's so had success at Martinsville him. in the Truck Series before, uh, so uh, I think um, you know definitely doing he some could, good job, uh, doing a good job be a contender too. in this race when he wasn't at least racetrack. running top Scott 10, McLaughlin maybe top came five. Into the race uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I think other guys got to look at, um, you know, uh, Matt Crafton, always um, a successful were, veteran. Think, um, I mean, he's always had, uh, finding a way to Kelly have himself crash contending five for laps uh, races race. at Martinsville. So I would look at him. Doing his um, usual ben Rhodes, uh, another guy. Uh, um, he's had uh, pretty good finishes at Martinsville was, in the last couple of years. So uh, I definitely look at him as a contender as Cole, uh, uh, in this race. So you know, there's definitely a, a lot of uh, guys that could uh, you know either win this race or you know find themselves finishing in the top five at the end of the day here at Martinsville. Of course, this is the Truck Series race after the race. Start. A lot that can happen in Martinsville. A lot of you know, short track hijinks uh, that happen in uh, NASCAR you know, often happen in the truck series because you know, we've got a lot of young guys trying crash, to prove themselves. And a lot of the wild old vets still trying to uh, show that they can make it happen. So you know, a lot of things can happen in this race. You know, we've seen in the past. You know, Ty Dillon or Austin. Yeah, Austin was, Dillon and Ty Dillon Sato, with uh, Kevin Harvick back in like thirteen, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, they had that incident. Um, so there's definitely incidents um, like that that can happen at Martinsville. Um, so, you know, so yeah, Joseph see Newgarden a lot of short track action. I think uh, here in the Truck Series on Thursday night at Martinsville. Car trying to go and get those missing pieces in his uh, trophy case. Getting the Long Beach Grand Prix is a major. It's one of the biggest. Uh, motorsports events in the country really it's one of the longest running it's the longest running street course event in, in america and uh new garden adds that uh major to his resume um soon to be father so that's also a big deal in his life want to get that indianapolis 500 get that third championship I think it's interesting that he goes and wins Long Beach the same weekend that Rick Mears gets uh, inducted into the um, road racing, whatever, um, the or whatever, road racing drivers, something or another, the Bobby Rahal deal, because people forget that Rick Mears is really damn good road racer, too. I mean, the point is Rick Mears is just one of the greatest race car drivers ever. Uh, it's not just the fact that he dominated Indianapolis. The guy could win anywhere. Um, so his protege in a sense, uh, the second coming of him in Joseph Newgarden, um, is following in his footsteps. 
and he just needs to win Indy. And uh, basically, I think he'd be set for life at Penske Racing. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's not going to be fired by Penske anytime soon anyway. But that's the only thing that's missing from his uh, resume, Josh, uh, right now. I mean, I think his Penske has things going their way. Cars are in good shape. Drivers are running well. The power plant is there. They've got good power. Um, But for Newgarden, two wins in a row. Um, momentum's on his side. I mean, starting off with Dale Jr. being in this race, and this is going to be his first race since uh, last year at Richmond. Uh, last time he was out uh, in the Xfinity Series, you know, made made a lot of friends or a lot of you know frenemies uh, out there on the track. But you know, Dale Jr. is just out there trying to have fun as an old guy in the series now. But you know, this is uh, his one one-off to you know, help the sponsors out with uh, Hellman's and Unilever and all those guys. So um, you know, excited to see Dale Jr. back out on the track for that you know once-a-year deal. But you know, he I think as far as this race, like. You know, he's won before once in the Cup Series, you know, back in uh, October 2014. It's probably probably my favorite Dale Jr. win, probably because um, you know, going back over the years, he had so many chances to win at Martinsville in the Cup Series, and something would go wrong, or you know, another incident would happen, or just uh, wasn't there at the time when he needed to uh, be there, or you know, Kevin Harvick moving him out of the way back in 2011 uh, when he was in the middle of his uh, four-year winless streak. But, you know, that was, um, you know, definitely one of my favorite wins of his career. Um, but now comes back to Martinsville in the Xfinity car, um, which I think for the first time ever uh, in his Xfinity career, he's going to be racing uh, at Martinsville. So it's going to be interesting. Um, we'll see how he does in practice. I think um, if he feels comfortable in the car, you know, has a, a lot of speed, you know, coming out of the, uh, the truck, you know, I think he'll um, have a good chance to finish in top five or, you know, p- uh, possibly win uh, here at Martinsville. Um, he's definitely uh, a short track racer, you know, at, at heart, you know, he um, knows how to get around this place. Um, so, you know, definitely looking forward to seeing him race, uh, you know, as a fan, uh, for me, you know, that's, um, you know, your guy coming back out on the racetrack. That's, you know, a huge deal for me. So, um, definitely try to be able to have the race on on um on friday night and see how dale jr does but i think you know for the rest of the contenders you know i definitely look at um his other jr motorsports card uh with the number nine noah gregson you know he won last year in xfinity at this racetrack and you know, overall seems to uh really uh run well at martinsville so uh i would you know definitely like if i'm not going to pick dale jr then i think i'd pick the number nine uh to win this race so uh he seems pretty strong at uh, martinsville based on you know, the last couple of years of running there i mean same thing for um Justin Algar also, because uh, he uh, ran pretty well at this track. And then, of course, Josh Berry, of, you know, last year, that was one of the big stories that happened last year with him uh, winning in uh, the Xfinity Series and basically parlayed his role into a full-time uh, ride this year. So uh, Josh Berry, you know, he could uh, come out and contend for the win and potentially uh, actually win this race and, of course, defend last year's win. So it actually would be interesting if, uh, Josh Berry, like Josh Berry coming down and having to uh, battle Dale Jr. for the win, that would be a pretty interesting sight. Uh, the owner, the guy that, you know, has basically funded his career versus the, uh, you know, the young guy coming up on the ranks trying to prove himself still and, you know, potentially get up into the Cup Series. So uh, that would be an exciting thing to see. Um, you know, you talked about colleague. Um, we'll see, you know, what A.J. Almanigger does uh, in this race. He's 
he's ran well at Martinsville before, but I wouldn't consider Martinsville definitely to be one of his strong tracks, but uh, a lot of characteristics that carry over from road course racing, I think, you know, with uh, basically two hairpin turns uh, at Martinsville. So we'll see, you know, what AJ can do in this car. Um, you know, Ty Gibbs been dominant this year. I expect him to continue to uh, try to extend his dominance uh, into Martinsville. Uh, we'll see, you know, if uh, his mile and a half success can carry over to the short tracks uh, here in the Xfinity Series. So, um, you know, a, a lot of contenders here that could uh, potentially win this race. And like you said, probably will come from one of the three uh, big organizations, whether that's Junior Motorsports uh, or uh, Colleague or Joe Gibbs Racing here in Xfinity. Asato. Hopefully, yeah, he'll be all right. I think he's been angling towards Indianapolis and being able to get that extra practice that comes with running at Indianapolis. So, uh, you know, running Baba is going to be a little bit of an issue, I think, Indy Road Course. But, you know, for Jimmy, he had been making progress here early in this season uh, through the first couple of races, had that great run at Texas. So hopefully things will be all right for him. Uh, I was looking at the points right now in regards to the Indy cars and Penske has three of the top four in points. Uh, of course, McLaughlin's won the first race and won and been on the podium first and second, the first two new gardens won two races. Uh, but then Alex Pillow is an average of four, a finishing position of fourth. Will power is the only one that's ahead of him just barely. And they're basically tied in points. Um, McLaughlin's five points back of Newgarden, Pelot's 15, and Will Power 16. Uh, Scott Dixon uh, has finished all the races, average of 6.3, which is around what Newgarden's doing right now. The difference is he don't have the wins, but he's in this, 35 points. Roman Grosjean, 30, uh, 40, or yeah, Roman Grosjean, 43 points behind. Colton Herta, Josh was talking about in regards to his finishing you know, right now, he is 59 points. He has 59 points, and he's 59 points behind Joseph Newgarden. And that's after three races. And you consider, unlike Formula One, there aren't as many races in the IndyCar calendar. And you also add the notion, I mean, you add the notion of Indianapolis with double points. Um, it's a place where maximizing Indianapolis now, if you don't maximize Indianapolis for Colton Herta, it could become a problem uh, in regards to this championship. Um, I do agree with Josh in regards to the whole Nashville similarities to that, to this race, because he was trying to push to go and possibly go and give himself a chance um, with pit stops, undercutting to get back in the lead. But in turn, he made that mistake. Um, I, in the Formula One Going and thinking about Formula One, it's more about will Liberty Media and um, Formula, whatever, FIA, whoever's deciding on new teams, get back to Michael Andretti and take his bid seriously and give him a shot. Because if they do, then Colton Hurd is going to be there. That's no problem. Um, if they don't, then Colton Hurd is going to be driving the Gamebridge 26 car for the foreseeable future. And, um, you know, they'll have. They'll have Grosjean there, and then um, who knows who else will be there um, on the rest of the team. But it's that's it's something that you can say he's pushing. He's very aggressive. When it all comes together, Colton Herta usually destroys in races, and he dominates. But when it doesn't come together, 
he does this. Uh, it's similar to Max Verstappen in a lot of ways, uh, the way he was early in his career and even early in his Red Bull career. And it he still runs into and over people to this day. But the difference is once you gave him, maybe it's a car thing. Maybe I mean, it's funny that, you know, like they were talking about Alexander Rossi problems he's having, you know, for his teammate, you know, or hurt his teammate. It's like, oh, his strategist is Brian Barnhart. I'm like, okay, there's your problem right there. Uh, when, you're, when your strategist is the great Brian Barnhart, as legendary late Robin Miller used to call him, that might explain part of the issue that uh, he has with his cars and why he's not getting the finishes that he needs. In the sense of Colton Herta, he's pushing too hard, he's too aggressive, he's trying to make something happen that isn't there. Joseph Newgarden used to do that too, way back when, but he also did it for a small team. He wasn't in one of the three big teams. He was doing it for Sarah Fisher, and then Sarah Fisher Hartman, and uh, what is it, Fisher, what is it, Sarah Fisher, Ed Carpenter, Carp, whatever the hell they called it, um, Sarah Fisher Carpenter Racing, or whatever the hell they called it. Um, yeah, Carpenter, Fisher, Hartman, yeah, see, that's, yeah. So CFH, yeah, so... He had his growing pains, he crashed, he made all these mistakes, but he did it in low stakes. And he grind he was a grinder and then he got he got the call. And since he got the call, he's been one of the best drivers in this sport. Um but the point is he was that guy. He was one of those guys. He was in Europe. To be honest, if if Formula One wasn't so biased, he could have been in Formula One. Um, it's similar to why Logan Sargent might actually get a shot, uh, because he finally got, you know, he got what is just due to be able to get into formula one or I mean a formula two. Um, but they've been missing out on the Joseph new gardens of the world. They may miss out on Colton Herta. They're probably going to miss out on Pato award unless McLaren does something crazy. Um, which I mean, to be fair, they may just go and get rid of Daniel Ricardo and put Pat Ward in the car. Um, then you'll have you have these American drivers. There's been American drivers over time. Scott Speed got railroaded out of Formula One. Michael Andretti didn't really get a real shot. So then, at some point, you have three Formula One races in America starting next year. Colton Herta, whatever uh, uh, warts he may have in his driving style and the way he's going about business is he going to learn on the job in formula one is he going to learn the job yeah, on the job you know, I here think for me i'm thinking uh Denny Hamlin, actually let's uh, keep going with what happened last week uh at richmond um, winning there so he can win in the capital of virginia and then winning the uh, southern end of virginia win a championship so, the way he uh, Denny hamlin uh, has had a lot of success at this track cases. also He'll uh, should have won last year, probably. He'll win polls. Uh, you know, of course, uh, he'll win Alex races. Bowman got in the you know. Uh, they made way the comparison. One, but, I, I you know, that's how things happen. But uh, he's had a pretty strong track record at Martinsville, um, and I think they can do, uh, carry the momentum of winning so at Richmond down into Martinsville. As I see Dan Hamlin winning this race, yeah, I can agree with you on Bubba Wallace. There, he's had a lot of good finishes at Martinsville in the 43 car. 
Um, Definitely think after a year even, where it was uh, of being in the 23, even though and he doesn't have everybody cool uh, on the team win, uh, for the next couple of races, lot. I think uh, Bubba but Wallace can definitely have a, back, at least a top 10 bottom, um, finish in this race. Is, um, I think uh, the rest of the Joe Gibbs cars, the the particularly uh, Martin Truex Jr., he's had a, a lot it. of success Mike at Martin's Andretti role, also been, been up front in a lot of these races, so I can see him coming out with a win in this race. You can make the argument that the Andretti's have given Contending for a top five uh, because of the way in, that they drove. in Martinsville, um, and that's what you know, Colton Herbert. I'll look at uh, Alex Bowman, uh, somebody uh, you know he won uh, last year, of course, but Newgarden I think he can back it up and at least uh, get into the top uh, ten uh, in this race. And I think he, and, you know, I he really think another guy I'll look at is Kevin Harvick, uh, someone who's he also not really won at Martinsville there. particularly, but no. he's always and had he's like, uh, great finishes. Oh, he, well, he has one at Martinsville back in 2011, but I think for him, he was. Uh, he's had a lot of good success at this track. It looks like for him also, maybe some things are beginning to turn around. Of course, finishing second at uh, Richmond last week, maybe carry that into Martinsville also. And, uh, getting Earnhardt, finish. So, yeah, a, a lot of guys Richard that can Petty, contend in this race on Saturday night. Um, yeah, like you said, a 400 lap uh, race, 400 miles. Well, yeah, not 400 miles, but 400 laps. So, there's not really going to be a whole lot of time, like you said. So, we may have, maybe we have a lot of wrecks. There's something to be said about a lot of crashes, anyways, at Martinsville. It's fine to be the flashy guy and have ups the intensity. Of course, it's going to be at night. So, there's always a different feeling with night races in the cup race or in the cup series. So, we'll see what happens there. And, you know, you talked about if you don't get a good qualifying effort in, you're going to be at least half a lap down to start the race well you're gonna have to have a, a really and, good car uh, i think to be able to make like it up to the front again and then also like you said you have to season, figure out some of type of uh, pitch strategy to be able to uh, work your uh, say you know, work yourself up to the front so Scott McLaughlin, uh, we'll see what happens uh, in this race you know, if somebody like we talked about ends up qualifying heater. back can they make it up to the front uh, and, and you know, have a put on a show trying to pass cars throughout the field after that track so we'll see what happens at martinsville definitely excited for um all three races uh, at Martinsville, you know, one of the best racing that we can see in the Cup Series, so, and uh, definitely a, a track that if you can go to it, I mean, uh, it? you Jimmy should try to with see a, a race in person. Brutal uh, Long Beach is only a point behind Elio Castro Dash Neves and four behind Simon Pagano, uh, who is in 12th. Can't really complain about that. Kirkwood getting that top 10 finish gets him. Within reason, he's 20th in points. And um, trying to see. Devlin Francesco is tied for 26th in points with Tatiana Calderon, who's run two races, and Devlin Francesco's run three. So there you go. Must be nice to have that much money. It'd still be a tool. Uh, the Indy cars will be back at Baba. Uh, here next week so we'll talk about that on the gsp at that point uh going to the cup series event at martinsville on saturday night there was uh the foods right there the blue emu maximum pain relief 400 it definitely was painful now william byron led 212 laps Three times for 212 laps. Chase Elliott led the first, led for 185 laps. It says one time for 185 laps, which, yeah, he led the first 185 laps of the race. That, okay. Then Will Byron went off for a little bit. Um, 
and then also led the last 180 or no 80 no not 180 i'm thinking it's 500 laps it's like 82 laps of the race so it was a hendrick benefit even though yeah and ross chastain yeah there you go it's like uh, william byron gets a second win of the year first uh multiple time winner Got great stage points, almost got the maximum there if he had won both stages. Clyde won both stages there, and um, so he was able to maximize his point situation. But William Byron continues the Hendrick domination so far this year. Clyde's the only one that hasn't won a race, but Hendrick has won four times so far in uh, 2022 in eight races. William Byron, pizza face. Bald Spot Dylan, YRB, Watermelon Guy, your top five. Kurt Busch in the McDonald's car, finished sixth. Kyle Busch, seventh. Eric Almarillo, eighth. Chase Briscoe, ninth. Uh, needed to do get back on the lead lap, and then he got that and then um, came back for a ninth-place finish. Their short track program is not great, at least on the 14 side. Uh, the 10 car looks good, uh, but they didn't really get the finish I think they wanted. And then Clyde finished 10th. Sindrick gets a good run, finishes 11th. Bowman 12th. Uh, you talk about some of these other people. Bubba only finished 16th. Qualifying didn't go his way. Brad Keselowski, uh, the penalty was upheld, so he's outside of the top 30 in points right now, which is pretty sad. Um Larson, of course, uh, didn't do anything at Martinsville. Uh, Denny Hamlin, after winning at Richmond, finishes 28th, last car on the lead lap. So that's pretty depressing if you're a Hamlin person. Uh, Yeah, so, and Martin Truex ended up finishing 22nd. Or no, not last car on the lead lap, 28th. That he finished three laps down, my fault. Martin Truex Finished two laps down in 22nd. The uh, last car in the lead lap was Kyle Larson in 19th. So yeah, Will Byron gets a second win of 2022. Early momentum for him in regards to the playoffs. Hendrick has continued to show their um, strengths in regards to this new car. And uh, Will Byron is only 12 points out of the overall points lead too, which Clyde holds by three over Ryan Blaney. So right now it's uh, well, Hendrick. We'll have to see what it looks like uh, when we get to practice uh, later this week points. on Friday. But if you count I mean, based Ross on the, the map, Hendrick what they've changed to the track, I mean, you, track like you said, you take away like the, the turn nine and the ten chicane, six. and then you basically just have a long sleeping corner down all the way to what is or what was there. turn so, uh, eleven and twelve. And so that it could looks potentially like add a little bit more passing opportunity there with DRS, like you said. So. And something their wins, you know, like that could Will happen Byron, a little bit more passing action Fugel, but I mean this racetrack in the, the past uh, became no, uh, Atlanta, basically a follow the leader racetrack if you had a, a good qualifying effort you could potentially end up uh, having a, anyway. a good race um, you know, especially if you're a team which is that doesn't really uh, have good results huge, and qualify well, you unless they do uh, potentially some crazy finish uh, in the points. Uh, so that that's um, some, something to consider there. Were, um, um, yeah, we have uh, two DRS detection zones in this racetrack this weekend, you know, going that, um, um, you know, from sure. six and seven in all the way down to, to uh, what is now turn nine you know, and ten, and then um, really another counts. DRS uh, zone uh, from ten down to eleven. Um, 
So, and then you have the speed trap in turn one. So, yeah, this uh, racetrack could be interesting. Uh, I mean, the new car, of course, seems to uh, look like it has overtaking uh, a little bit easier, but um, this you know, racetrack um, could could potentially see that, but then it could end up staying the same. We'll have to see. Um, so, yeah, I think the configuration, uh, some unknowns that we'll probably have to find out later as we uh, get into the, uh, all the practice sessions and qualifying before the race. Yeah, I think so, too. You look at uh, what Charles Leclerc has done this year, and it's been a pretty impressive uh, start to the year for Ferrari and for Charles Leclerc. So, yeah, I expect him to be up front again. And Max Verstappen, too, uh, both of them seem to have uh, gotten this, uh, gotten good handle on this new car. And I think, you know, they give a lot of credit to their teams as well for uh, figuring it out and being able to uh, start up uh, the year on a good on a good front. But, yeah, I think... Um, it's been an interesting uh, start to the year for um, some of these teams. Like, you know, you talk about um, Carlos Sainz as well, someone who hasn't really had a lot of success uh, so far in Formula 1, but now he's kind of running up front with Ferrari, uh, and now it seems like you know, those teams have a, a good good handle on the car. Um, Spect, uh, their teammate uh, for Red Bull for uh, Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, uh, definitely look at him to uh, be up front alongside his teammate uh, there. So expect him to be able to uh, have something to say, uh, something to uh, show for this weekend. Um, we'll see if uh, Mercedes can recover. Uh, we'll see if uh, they can uh, you know, have a better uh, race than what they've had so far to start the year. Uh, we'll see if uh, they can come out um, and, you know, kind of return back to their, their form that they had early, uh, you know, last year, um, certainly in, you know, having a better chance uh, at this racetrack and everything. And, you know, I look at another team that has been pretty well, uh, this year and that's Haas, uh, you know, even though they had the incident with Mick Schumacher and qualifying, um, last week or two weeks ago at Saudi Arabia, you know, I think, um, they could definitely have a good chance, uh, in this race, uh, here and, you know, I go back to 2016 when they started out and uh, got a sixth-place finish in their first race uh, in Formula 1 as a Haas F1, and uh, Romain Grosjean brought the team uh, basically out uh, and got a good uh, start to their um, their season that year and you know their debut in Formula 1. So I would look at them uh, this weekend. They've had two great races with Kevin Magnussen. Mick Schumacher had a solid effort in his one race before his qualifying crash. And they, of course, are running without a spare uh, car this weekend. So it's going to be a little bit tough on uh, being able to um, not get in any incidents so far this year. And the thing uh, is, that's in, a cutoff in the weekend. The final four. Mick Schumacher and it's going to be had some qualifying incidents before. Temperatures. But, um, and, and conditions probably going to be so uh, careful to not is a dire, uh, crash the car this weekend the reality in the is sessions before the race so the last we'll see uh, what Haas can kind do of got uh, Kevin Magnuson expect him to try to get another points finish whether they don't make that's up towards closer to the top uh, five or in the bottom half of the top ten uh, so some solid results from Haas to start the year bad year uh, let's uh, see what they can do this weekend the extra hundred Definitely laps think, doesn't uh, Alpine, make much of a difference. Um, I think they, they might, uh, you know, they they might have a chance to just let in be in the, uh, the points uh, in this race. Drivers you know, that Fernando have led Alonso over laps uh, has had a pretty interesting start for the year. 
uh, for, for a him. while. Espanocon um, also um, Gen six has had car a pretty good start to the year as well. Sort of thing, uh, so we'll uh, have to see uh, you know, if they can continue what they did uh, back the at Gen Saudi Arabia. They had that great uh, battle between that, uh, the teammates which, you know, uh, in Saudi Arabia. We'll see if that it's thing gearing, can continue, it's you know, especially aero, with, uh, the way it's that the racetrack uh, uh, reconfiguration is looking like, you know, um, I mean, it you all see what together. the racetrack is looking like now. Um, the there could be a lot of opportunities to pass and repass uh, down the straights, especially if you're uh, personally following another car to be, so uh, with DRS the behind the uh, so means or having an opportunity to have DRS. We'll have to see what happens there Baby throttle that race, especially if you're able to follow a car onto the straights where you have DRS detection. Um, at the end of the so, day, if you're, you know, there's if you're a lot on of things that could happen in this race. Like a top um, fuel car, we'll see if uh, they can you know, have probably DRS. Probably isn't that bad of a thing. It's probably going to make you know, have a lot of passing. Because if you make but a mistake, not, then, then it somebody could be like in the past pass where, you. you know, it's basically follow it's, the leader, uh, like we said earlier. So, I mean, Byron winning yeah, I mean, two I'm races. Definitely still looking at uh, Ferrari and Red Bull to continue chapter three of their battle this year. But maybe some other players as well. I mean, we should probably have to talk about Daniel Ricciardo also. Uh, race McLaren because uh, they have not had a great start to the year. Uh, various issues with their car. You know, we I mean, thought maybe they would uh, come out would be and there in do the well uh, after so their you know, preseason testing seemed like they were running the pretty series. quick. But now, uh, are there? Um, they've had two really bad races, uh, really for like both of their cars. Like and like this is Daniel Ricciardo's home Grand Prix after two years of not having this race. He's probably really desperate and wants to have a great race to show in front of his friends and family back home in Australia. So, but, you know, he wants to be able to run up front to or get another win, least, you know, get Big within the points and get a good finish. So we'll see if um, they can at least put a, a good effort for this race. You know, if they can't Either do anything else during the year, at least have a good result to show for at your playoff. home Grand Prix. So and we'll see what uh, McLaren and Dan Ricciardo I mean, can he's do getting close to the at, points uh, lead as well. So maybe Will Byron can actually go and get those playoff points, which would in turn give himself a better situation. He's leading in playoff points. Uh, the playoff points are a reason why he's only 12 points behind. He'd be 24 points behind, still in third, if he didn't have those. So right now, Clyde, Blaney, was it Ross Chastain, and Kyle Busch are the league leaders in top 10s with five. Uh, the uh, league leader in top fives is Chastain with five. So he's running really, really well, uh, even if last... He finished fifth last week after starting 27th. So tells you how good uh, his car and how he's feeling right now with uh, Phil Surgeon uh, at the helm. Going to the Xfinity Series, uh, Brockshot Jones ended a 50-race winless streak to go and win the call 8-1-1 before you dig 250. Oh, really? Castle, you over to your Austin Hill, Sam Mayer. Herps, Truex, Keebler Gibbs, Ryan Sieg, Jeremy Clements. Uh, Jeremy Clements finished ahead of Junebug, uh, which was referenced in our open. The Bruckshot got the stage win. I uh, was able to go and get himself uh, a lot of points relative to where he has been. The race ran uh, 11 laps longer than scheduled instead of three or four like they did in the Cup Series. Brockshot Jones winning was more to do with the fact that Ty Gibbs wanted to uh, run over uh, whoever was in front of him, and uh, that's that didn't help his cause, even if he thought it did. Uh, 
trying to remember who he was trying to go endure there in the race. But Brockshot Jones getting a win is rare, so we have to go and take that and give credit, uh, knowing that your teammate is outpacing you and he's 18 years old and he's the freaking grandson of the team owner. You need to go and do something, but then he's also been in the Xfinity Series for eight years. So at what point are you going to move up the cup or else, you know, just go go and run a truck with your own money because you have plenty. Well, I, I mean, for me, I, I kind of already hey, alluded to it earlier, but you know, I think a dark horse for me would be really Kevin Magnuson in the Haas uh, car. He's had two great starts to the, or two great the races for the year. Uh, and, yeah, I expect him to continue to lead the charge for Haas and so get another finishing somewhere. I mean, I don't think they're a top five contending car yet. Uh, but Probably it looks like you know they have uh, a lot of pace uh, this year compared to the last couple of years in Formula Junior One for them. So expect, gets a fifth place uh, finish, you know, expect them to be able to at least get uh, a points finish, whether you know at least tenth to uh, sixth place range uh, for for that team. Been, but Josh, uh, there's I guess a lot to unpack, but really there isn't. You know, you had a more straightforward situation for Brockshot Jones. I mean, Ty Gibbs led uh, most of the race. But you're not going to win every one of them. And somebody has to get to him and tell him that. So he doesn't fry himself out. So, yeah, the Herps Gibbs, uh, or I mean, Mayor Gibbs battle is what uh, dominates the headlines. But uh, Brandon Jones ended up winning this race at Martinsville. Yeah, it's been an interesting deal for. Uh, Alex Rossi, the last couple of years, you, know, you talk about uh, his performance, uh, what we thought it would be after 2019. We thought it would he would be one of the contenders uh, in this uh, series for a long time coming and kind of be the staple at Andretti Autosport. But it you know, looks like now he's beginning to slip and has already slipped a lot. And it looks like Colton Hurd is kind of taking over that number one spot in uh, Andretti Autosport. And uh, we've talked about comparing their performances, and Rossi's been needing to be able to step up uh, his game uh, compared to uh, Colton Herta, who seems like he's begun to you know have a handle in this series and potentially could be moving up to Formula One uh, within the next couple of years, depending on what happens with Michael Landretti there. Um, so uh, for Alexander Rossi you know, this year, he uh, had an up and down race at St. Petersburg. Ultimately, uh, ended up leading ten laps uh, in that race, but. You know, deferring strategies and everything and uh didn't have a, a great finish there and then of course um uh, had a you know issues at texas and uh ended up not finishing that race so uh you know he has had a lot of issues uh to start the year um could have a chance to turn it around at long beach but um i think for me to be convinced uh for him to have a a good showing there he's got to show a lot of pace in in practice uh and also in qualifying uh got to be able to uh show you have top speed um at least top five speed in, in practice. And then you have to be able to qualify up front uh, for me to really consider uh, Alexander Rossi as somebody that uh, can contend uh, at the Long Beach Grand Prix. So you gotta ask I mean, Leo I think it's going to take a lot, fitness, but he's honestly, certainly a driver that when really things go right, he's definitely fitness. capable of doing uh, great things in the car. And you know, we've seen him uh, win this race before, and you know, we've seen him win other uh, plenty of other races in this series. So you know, if he's able to yeah. uh, get it back together, he's able um, to fit in her. Uh, I mean, he's um, able to just, fit in her uh, car. So. Not convinced yet. I mean, until albeit I see they it. probably put his insert in there, but he's able to fit in her car too. So yeah, I mean, she ain't wearing a fire suit in the family yet. Um, they haven't made a kid, um, but that's beside the point. Since, of course, Dale has three girls. He's the only dude in the – yeah, 
well, the two girls and Amy. So yeah. So and and I mean to be fair, also uh, you're talking about Kelly. So there's four girls that run his life, uh, but he he did pretty well there. Your boy did pretty well there, and he had great lines while he was going and drinking beer on pit road, which, I mean, that's a harken back to, uh, the old school eighties. Um, he's, he's like turning into like straight laced Tim Richmond or something. Like he has like, it's like, he don't get out of line in certain areas. Thankfully he might've back in the day, but he, um, he basically sits there and he's just shooting the shit with everybody, which is, which is great. And, you know, effing with Bob Pockris is always funny. And he sat there and he was just effing with Bob Pockers. And he's like, especially, you know, sending his boy, Josh Berry, uh, into the wall and going and saying what he said there, which is the line that we're using for the title here. Um, deadpan, no less. But to 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 go and um, for Junior's sake, Josh Berry went to Caraway Speedway um, and ended up winning the late model race. Um, in one of his only appearances that he's going to have this year in a late model. So he made out, he, he said exactly what he was going to do um, at, during the rain delay. Uh, he's like, well, they, they didn't want me there, but if I can get there, um, I'm going to have a good chance to win. Well, he did, he did, and he did. So, I mean, even though his boy went and sent him into the wall, it, didn't really well that that's more to do with their bad pit stop uh he was up front he had a chance to win and then that one bad pit stop on the final stop is a reason why he was in a position where him and Jumba got into it so yeah well he made a comment about his boy jimmy johnson's finger uh after he had his wreck at long beach and he made a comment about how his dad uh broke the same finger beating a jackass uh, for doing or saying something stupid, which sounds like a Dale Earnhardt thing too. So uh, seven time following through on another seven time. and But I don't think Dale Earnhardt would have been surfing on top of a golf cart and then fall off of it like Jimmy Johnson did back in the day. Um, but, you know, that that's beside the point. Junebug was the entertainment and uh, great soundbite. Made sure he got his NBC Sports logo in there while he was getting uh, interviewed by Vince Welsh. So great job by him uh, being the company guy that he is, um, promoting his sponsors with Unilever and uh, Hellman's. And it sounds like the initial talks for what race he's going to run are either going to be Martinsville again or Homestead. Personally, I want him to go and jump in a truck too. And let's let's really go and and bring it back. Let's go and he's never. I don't think he's ever driven a truck. So so go and jump in that Spire Seven truck because effing Byron won, which we're going to talk about in a second. And and Bowman drove through Kyle Busch trying to win at Coda. You know they've been fast every time they've shown up. Why wouldn't you go? Go go run Homestead. Go whatever whatever race they have. Go run a race. Go jump in the truck. It, it doesn't matter. He knows Mike Ricci. He knows the people that are at, and he knows yeah, Bono. I mean, you took it kind so of right out of my hands. There. I was thinking and, and about run picking that truck. You Alex can't be Blue. That He's far had a, a strong start to the year uh, in a truck. as well. Worst case scenario, he was, uh, can uh, right on a bunch uh, of Scott McLaughlin's gearbox, 
in St. Petersburg, and so was really pressuring him to go for the win. Um, and then, the, of course, the running uh, only he ran pretty well at Long Beach but last year on route to winning the title uh, uh, for the IndyCar Series. So run a truck, uh, he definitely knows how to get uh, it done on these street a, courses uh, in IndyCars. But, I mean, I think for me, you know, I'm going to go with the, uh, the guy the that won uh, at Long Beach last year. He's been pretty good on street courses, too, and that's Colton Herta. talked about him earlier, his rise to being the top guy in Andretti Autosport. the old Australia. Uh, think, channel. You know, this year is basically his prove-it year to see yeah, um, yeah. not only if he can and uh, like, contend for the championship yeah, in the IndyCar, you know, but you know, potentially dry, uh, position himself to car, get into Formula uh, 1 whatever, if uh, car, Michael Andretti is able to yeah. get a ride or get a team. He also ran one, so, for Tommy um, Baldwin. Yeah, I look at him as somebody that can um, uh, and, and Ray be strong at this track and potentially win. Then there I think Scott McLaughlin, like you said, will be a contender in this race, but second half think he'll win. But don't be surprised if like you know, the he seven ends up on the podium that uh, shows his improvement from Johnson last year. And, you know, like you Peter said, he Brock needed a, a lot of time to be able to get racing, used to the IndyCar, but now he's got time under his hands. I don't uh, think they could do that here. get all that experience now. He couldn't really get away with that here. Expect a lot of things for him. Expect him a lot of things to happen. So, yeah, I think that would be something. Scott McLaughlin there would be a contender in this race. One team that I'm looking at also that's got to make some improvements is McLaren and IndyCar, you know, they uh, haven't really had promotion. great starts of the year either uh, for their would, uh, team, and we expected a lot out of Pato Award talking about, in particular, oh, somebody that uh, had a strong end There's to the no year and uh, finished uh, in the championship in uh, third place and was uh, a contender for the championship uh, at so the end of last year, so this is a track for him that he could run well at if things go well. Didn't have a great ending to the year at Long Beach last year, see if he can turn it around and potentially get you know, a and, top five uh, or a top ten you know, finish in this track. In uh, so Chevy's definitely, uh, Chevy, I think um, they have a, the a lot Chevy of room for improvement, but you know, they have the capability exactly the uh, to get it done. And, um, you know, I think for me, I'll go with a really big dark but horse and, you know, we'll continue see. riding this it's one just, with uh, Jimmy Johnson. It's kind of a pipe Last year, kind of uh, finished 17th in but, uh, uh, this race. Uh, best finish uh, in the road courses in IndyCar. Um, and it's shown a lot of improvement over the course of 2021 leading up to the last race at Long Beach. And that was... Um, one of his only uh, finishes uh, yeah, on the lead lap in IndyCar and go got it done on a road course and it's just so far cool this year. Track, uh, didn't really do that well at uh, St. Petersburg, um, but had a deferred strategy, so potentially maybe if the strategy, uh, strategy goes right, we can see him uh, kind of run uh, Tony, you know, of course, close to the top 10-ish uh, in, in his in car career, uh, or you know, potentially um, two different able, configurations being able to course, have a little bit more pace and, winning and maybe challenge uh, without needing to go to alternate strategies. So, you know, continuing to look um, at him as somebody that you know, could uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe not finish in the top 10, but certainly somebody that would surprise a lot of people if he can't finish in the top 10. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to go uh, with but uh, winning, my dark horse. Uh, in 2011, which was the, one of the greatest races ever, um, that's that's a track that Dale Jr., I know he, a couple of years ago he jumped in the X every week. I think if you put him at home, you know, you need to really, you know, manage your throttle. LinkedIn. Um, the truck series at uh, at Martinsville was uh, Blue Emu. 200 maximum pain relief 200 uh saw will byron go and get that win uh first win since his uh regular um his one year in the series for kyle bush i think it was the seventh win of his career led 94 laps 
um, in this race, and uh, he led more or less from lap 109 to 200. Minus one lap, he led every, from lap, uh, or no, going back from lap 105, uh, he led all but two laps of the last 95, so or 96, so... Another dominating performance started 32nd. They had the algorithm set the uh, starting lineup, which also gave Will Byron the ability to go and move up through the field um, and make it interesting. Will Byron over Johnny Sauter started dead last in the 13 truck. Kyle Busch, John Ardebercheck, Bad Rhodes, your top five. Chandler Smith, Matcraft, and Grant Enfinger, Zane Smith, and Tyler Ankrum were your top 10. In regards to other people who scored stage points, Stuart Friesen finished second in stage one. Carson Hosovar finished third in stage two, but ended up uh, 17th overall. Trying to go through some of the other people, and nothing that really stood out. So William Byron gets the win, Sauter makes him sweat a little bit. Um, Kyle Busch doesn't get a win again, which is surprising. Uh, but his trucks finished 3-4-6, while the Thor Sport team gets three in the top 10 and four of the top 11, or five of the top 12. Um, so that's good for them. Uh, Zane Smith, after starting on pole, got one stage win. Um Got decent points, led first 55 laps, but uh, wasn't able to make a lot out of it. Um, he's just getting ready for the playoffs there, Josh. Uh, the Will Byron winning is whatever. Um, you'd figure with Hendrick's support and having Hendrick pit crew and all the things, his pit crew, his cup pit crew that ended up helping him win the race on Saturday also helped him on Thursday. And you know, it's a good look for Spire Motorsports. They're not exactly known for being the most competitive team, but getting a truck series win in what is it, third or fourth start, uh, it's pretty big there and for him and for Byron. And in terms of their big picture relative to some of these championship contenders, yeah, it's an unfortunate byproduct of where uh, these uh, feeder series are when you're having to give a blank check to certain rich kids and they get to go and show up and run uh, these races and then get their license even though they really don't know how to drive a hot nail through snow um that's a discussion for another day i think we've had that discussion here uh before uh the top 10 in points is all uh Going right now, Ankrum tied for ninth with Matt Craft and Krauss is a point behind. Carson Osvar two behind. And Finger seven what is it, seven behind in thirteenth. So there there are people that can contend thirteen for ten. That's what the point of having eliminations is. And there are more trucks that are capable than spots in the playoff at the moment. So yeah, Byron won, but points are still tight. And you have to do what you have to do to go and get everything you need from the every single race that they have. Uh, GSP Roundup is on now. So we talk about MotoGP and Moto2 results in regards to MotoGP. Um, it's Enea Bastaini 
wins over Alex Rins and Jack Miller. Joanne Mir, Paco Bagnaya, top five. So two Ducatis and two Suzuki's, top five. Marquez, Quattararo, Martin, Zarco, and Maverick Vinales in the top ten. Alicia Spargo, after winning previous week, finished 11th. Brad Bender, Polo Spargo, Takanakagami, and Davizioso on the private Yamaha uh, finished 15th. Well, factory Yamaha rider Franco Mordelli didn't even score points. No nightmare for him. The KTMs had a rough weekend. Fabio DG Antonio, while his teammates won two races, is the last classified finisher, uh, for whatever it's worth. Uh, Portuguese Grand Prix coming up next week for Moto uh, GP. That'll be their fifth race of the season. I'm trying to go and trying to go and see where um, Moto Two is at. I'm trying to bring this up. Moto GP Moto Two. Um, no two Moto Two races results in. Austin for Moto2, Tony Arbolino, one over Ayaguro and Jake Dixon. In regards to Americans, Joe Roberts finished eighth, and that was it because Cameron Bobier wrecked. And then Sean Dylan Kelly was the last classified finisher in 17th. So not a great day for us uh, Americans there at uh, Coda, but Joe Roberts is making a little bit of progress there um, and there. Uh, ability to go and uh, make things happen. Um, Imset Long Beach saw. Trying to bring this up now because you know bother to go and put it there. Yeah, yeah. Bordet and Ganassi uh, get the their first win of the season. Zero one car. Bordet and Renger Vanderzanda. Uh, the harder racing Aston Martin won in GTD Pro. So. There's those are the results uh, in trying to go see full results. Yeah, Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach race uh, by point three six one. Randers and Bourdais beat their teammate Earl Bamba and Alex Lynn. Oliver Jarvis and Tom Blomquist to uh, round out the top three. Um, looks like yeah, they're saying his margin of victory is point three six one. Um, I don't want that. Um, that's not going to work. Um, no, no, that's not what I wanted. Oh, shoot. That is not what I wanted. Um, is, yeah, I'm just trying to get the IMSA results and I can't even do that because of, I'm going to bring this up right now and it's killing me. Um, and I go and see where. Yeah, I got it on Motorsport 2 now. So, yeah, Renger, Vanderzanda, Sebastian Bourdais, the winners over Earl Bamba and Alex Lynn by 3.761 seconds. Tristan Vautier and Richard Restbrook give Cadillac a uh, sweep. Uh, Oliver Jarvis and Tom Blomquist finish fourth. Uh, the the Whelan Engineering 31 finishes fifth, and the Conoco Minolta Acura finishes sixth. As I mentioned, Ross Gunn and Alex Riberos in the harder racing Aston win over the um, Lexus of Vassar Sullivan, Lexus of Jack Hawksworth and Ben Barnacote. In GTD, Paul Miller Racing with Brian Sellers and Madison Snow get the win, finishing the top 10 overall. 
Uh, the podium's rounded out for GTD Pro with the Corvette of Garcia and Taylor. And, yeah, so those are those in regards to the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship at Long Beach. And we'll get to supercars at Albert Park. Trying to get to that. For race one, the winner was Chaz Mostert over Dave Reynolds and Shane Van Gisbergen. In race two, Shane Van Gisbergen wins again over David Reynolds, Jack Hawksworth. In the top five is Scott Pine, Todd Hazelwood. And then in race three, Shane Van Gisbergen, Will Davis, and David Reynolds, Anton Di Pasquale, Chaz, Fien- Chaz Mostert, and then Brock Feeney are top six. And then Chaz Mostert over Will Davis and Anton Di Pasquale, Tim Slade, and Brody Kostecki, your top five. Uh, their next race will be at Wanneroo. At the end of April, early May, the standings right now see Shane Van Gisbergen up by over 100 points uh, on Anton Di Pasquale. Chaz Monster's third, Will Davison's fourth, Brock Feeney is fifth in the Supercars points. Get to World Superbike at Aragon to go and make sure we get to yeah, World Superbikes at Aragon. We got the... Uh, in that world superbikes in and that's Assen need trying to bring up old superbike at Aragon. Clean that up. World superbikes saw in race one saw Johnny Ray over Alvaro Batista and Toprak, Michael Ruben Rinaldi and Andrea Locatelli are your top five. Garrett Gerloff, ninth in the Super Bowl race. Alvaro Bautista beats Johnny Ray. Toprak, Michael Ruben Rinaldi, Andrea Locatelli, Lowe's Bassani, or Bassani, Lacuona, Javier, and Garrett Gerloff, your top 10. And then in race two, Alvaro Bautista wins over Johnny Ray, Toprak, Michael Ruben Rinaldi, Alex Lowe's. And then Garrett Gerloff finished ninth. In that race, in regards to in regards to the point standings, uh, Bautista has a three point lead. Uh, yeah, it's three points and it's six point lead on Johnny Ray. Then a big gap to Toprak in third, who has a gap on Michael in fourth, and Iker Lacuona is tied with Javier for fifth in the point standings. Uh, Garrick Roloff is tied for ninth. Right now, um, and he's only uh, four points ahead of four points away from getting to top five, or they're getting in the top five for early in the season. Uh, Formula E is in Rome, or was in Rome, which saw some new uh, new blood and new things going on. I'm trying to go and bring this up. It's like zoning. Not great. Um, not Formula E in Rome. So you got to bring that. Auto E. That's Formula E. Then you have Formula E. I'm trying to bring this up. <sighs> um, Formula E. I brought up Rome. E. Pre saw Rich Evans uh, win. Race one over Robin Frines and Stoffel Van Dorn, Jean Eric Verne, Sam Bird, your top five. And then in the second race, 
Mitch Evans over John Eric Vern, Robin Fryens, Andre Lauderer, Stoffel Van Dorn, your top five there in the Rome Epre. And Moto Two or Moto America at uh at Coda. Yeah, I think for the Jags, uh, it's gonna be America. you know an interesting uh draft for the first you know, first pick. They, they have a chance to pick up Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, and all three of those players are pretty solid. But I'm based on what I've read so far, which is trying to do a little bit of reading the, on this while um, you know, construction going there, through the roundup and everything. And um, I think it looks like the Jaguars, their best fit player probably is Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, probably fits a lot of what they want to do on defense uh, here in 2022 uh, with their new defensive coordinator, Mike Campbell, from the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I think after that, if they don't go Hutchinson, they probably go uh, Trayvon Walker. Seems like they really love him as a prospect. Um, and definitely he's somebody yeah, that the, could uh, for the, you know, fit um, the mold of what they want on defense. Um, I think I think what they're trying to do is pair somebody up with uh, Josh Allen. So they have a one-two punch. Um, I think it's pretty clear that Josh Allen one, isn't like that number one Ray edge rusher that Batista, can create things. He's somebody that needs somebody else on the other end to really uh, help him uh, you know, create pressure for the quarterback and uh, you know, stop the run and all that stuff. Uh, so it looks like you know, one of those two players, uh, I think, Kayvon Thibodeau is probably a little bit too similar to Josh Allen in playing style. So you know, having two guys that kind of have the same style, probably not a good idea on defense. You need to have two guys that can complement on defense on both ends of the line. So, results. Um, you know, probably uh, Hutchinson or Walker, one of those two. Um, I really don't have any preference. I mean, I will say I do feel like races. for some reason that – uh, Hutchinson doesn't really feel Daytona that exciting as a prospect. He's not like I don't know the Daytona. I mean, he does a lot of really good things, but he's not like you know, know somebody's like, oh wow, Mono that's America like he's the next generational player or something. Again. He just happens to be the best um, guy in the draft this year uh, that can help the team. So you know, we'll see what happens uh, as we get closer to the draft, um, and then uh, you know who they. Uh, look like they're going to pick well you know as we you know get yeah, more then, rumors and stuff from uh sources and and fans you know we'll see what happens there um i think the jags may try to trade back into the first round i feel like um they may uh, try to get a wide receiver late mid late first round or potentially they, they may try to uh trade for a receiver still in uh, race looks one like maybe dk metcalf may be on the trade block for the seattle Schultz, seahawks as they uh, begin Schultz, a rebuilding period uh, for that team so yeah i think um i think Potentially, uh, Metcalf, if he's on the the trading block, I think the Jags should really try hard to trade for a player like that. Um, That's a game-changing wide receiver. Um, somebody five. that can really change the yeah, uh, game for a team. He's got a lot, still got a lot of uh, game-breaking speed. So, you know, I definitely expect a you know, player um, like uh, that to be available now if, transfer if possible. Over to yeah, if not, the they'll cup just try to draft a receiver in the first Josh round or, or first. early second round, which um, is going to be tough because Trent Balky doesn't really have a great track record of drafting wide receivers. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe Doug Peterson's got some input there that can help offset that lack of success. Uh, drafting wide receivers so for bulky there. So for you know, a lot of things uh, still left to see what happens. You know, still got a, a couple of weeks for the NFL draft. You got about like uh, three weeks until the NFL draft in Las Vegas uh, there. So it should be exciting once we get around to that time. You know, Definitely uh, going to have the TV or the phone tuned in uh, to the draft at 8 p.m. once it starts uh, in three weeks from now. So you know, definitely uh, looking forward to that, You know, seeing all the excitement of the first-round pick and seeing where the Jags go. So you know, we'll see what, uh, what happens there. But you know, still uh, feel like it's uh, pretty early. Uh, but you know, as things change, we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, going 
back to kind of normal lifestyle looks like. And, you know, this weekend, uh, the schedule is uh, for, well, not my schedule per se, but the IndyCar and iRacing schedule, um, IndyCar iRacing schedule, there's um, the IndyCar fixed series at uh, Auto Club Speedway, which I talked about in the last show. Um, you know, that's always a fun track to talk or to race on, uh, you know, using the high line, using the, the slipstream, the draft uh, at that racetrack, you know, trying to uh, get runs in the corners and being able to, you know, hang it on the on the outside, the middle, um, you know, make up a lot of momentum. And then if you got to run, you can go dive down to the bottom and make a pass. So that's uh, definitely one of my favorite tracks to race on in the Indy cars. So uh, definitely going to be on that. Um, I think uh, the Open Series is at Long Beach, uh, so might try that out uh, this weekend. And then also on the NASCAR side, uh, I think um, they're racing, or uh, I mean, they mirror their real life schedule and think it's going to be uh, Martinsville this weekend. So maybe a cup at Martinsville uh, potentially, or uh, Xfinity uh, Series at Martinsville potentially. One of those cars I uh, always you know, enjoyed. Uh, playing Martinsville uh, in NRO3 back in the day and uh, even some of the old EA sports games uh, on console and PC. So, you know, iRacing uh, at uh, Martinsville is always fun too and, you know, get a lot of that uh, short track racing action uh, on on the sim this weekend. So, yeah, probably, probably spend a little bit of time uh, sim racing and then I'll try to let you know uh, when I stream that. Uh, of course, and then you, know, you can always, as always, uh, follow that at Twitch TV slash Usailor Two. Go uh, watch the streams, and still have the Daytona 500 stream from a few months ago now, which uh, already seems like a long time ago, even though you know it really wasn't. But um, you know, still have that up there if you want to watch Super Speed Racing. But hopefully, have some new content up there soon, and then uh, can have you know watch the IndyCar stuff, and you know potentially some uh, short track stuff at Martinsville. So you know, always um, glad to be back home and you know uh, kind of resume normal life and you know get back into you know all the regular routine and everything. Ace Fresco, it's a good pick. I mean, he's only won one race this year. He's kind of had a struggle, as you said uh this year and defending his championship and he was running up front last year in this race there was a lot of rg bargy that took place in the inaugural dirt race at bristol uh he got involved in it and i think the wreck that he was involved in took out chase briscoe there's only 36 cars so there ain't a whole lot going on there josh williams is going to make his cup debut all guys and being as you said in the spire 77 uh, other than that, Gagson is going to be in the 16 car, so that'll be a caution. Uh, J.J. Ailey will be in the 15 car. He's, a, of course, a triple crown winner uh, in USAC. <sighs> trying to see, who do, who do I see? Who do I see getting this win? I mean, I remember last year that uh, Daniel Suarez had a great run there. I kind of want to go out on a limb and say that Nacho Libre goes and gets his first career Cup Series win on on Easter Sunday, so I'm going to do it. Um, Nacho Libre in the Tootsies car goes and gets his first career win at uh, Bristol, uh, gets both Spire cars into the playoff. If it isn't him, I mean, my own personal bias aside with, with, with Chase Briscoe, uh, I look at Tyler Reddick. As another guy, he's. Uh, I'm going with two guys that have never won a cup race to go and get a cup win for the first win here this week. I mean, Larson definitely wants to get this win. I'm sure. You know, guys won the Knoxville Nationals. He's won all these other. He's won at Eldora uh, in a truck and in a sprint car and in other cars. 
Uh, he wants this win, I'm sure. I think anybody who's a dirt person first uh, initially in their career wants to get this win. As long as this gimmick continues, uh, they want to be able to do that. So I think Suarez and uh, Tyler Reddick are my picks for this week. And if there's somebody who's won or somebody who has a chance uh, outside of that, I mean, I picked Logano last week. Didn't work out. He's a defending race winner. He's the kind of guy that would kind of be able to win in this situation and defend his title in this race. So that's something we will see. Truck Series will also be racing at Bristol this weekend. 38 for 36. So there will be bumping. Harrison Burton will be in the 17 Ford for uh, Gilland. You're going to have Austin Dillon, the Young's number 20. The um, trying to see some of these other people. Buddy Kofoid will be in the 51 for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Joey Logano will be running a, a David Gilland Planet Fitness number 54. Uh, there's there's a lot going on there, number 54. Uh Stuart Friesen's Whore of a Wife will be driving or trying to make the field um, in the 62 truck. She spun out, I think she caused two cautions or three cautions uh, in the race that she did run. Last year, the races, she, she caused cautions and multiple cautions every race she ran. So she's really great. Um, Norm Benning is racing. And then in regards to who's racing the... Um, Spire, yes, Clyde. So Clyde will be in the Spire number seven. I'll go and pick Clyde to go and win in the truck. In regards to a regular, somebody who's a regular in the series, I could go and win. I'm trying to think about this. Um, I'm going to go and say Grand Infinger. Because he has that dirt. I, I said it last week. It didn't work out. I'm trying to manifest it until it happens. That Grand Infinger has to get a win. He's the kind of guy that if you get him a win, you give him the ability to relax and figure out setups and things relative for the rest of this playoff before you get to the playoffs. I think he'll be somebody who'll be able to thrive. So um, I picked Clyde to win in the Spire number seven. But if it's a regular, I'm going to go with Grand Infinger. Uh, and the 23 GMS truck. How about you, Josh? And he's a former winner at Eldora, so it's not out of the realm for Craft uh, in there. But And he needs a win. You figure the way this playoff is with the top 10, you're going to want to have a win, at least lock yourself in, give yourself a little bit of um, wiggle room to go and um, make it into the um, playoffs. You're going to go and uh, transition into the Sim segment there, Josh. So it's your time. Uh, how did your racing go last week? What are you looking at for this week? And what is on the horizon? I know the Indianapolis 500 is on the horizon uh, for sure. So that's something that uh, preparation has already started and on your end. Uh, now that you're back at home and not having to travel for a while. Yeah, and it's uh, Easter weekend too. So it's a time to go and reset readjust uh, for me it's the short break before 
new job, but um, along with being able to be with family. But uh, Josh, you'll be able to go and reset, be with family, but also go and race. Uh, so where can we go and follow you in regards to your racing in? Where do we? Where can we find the the video of the show? I think we can be proud of it anyway, based on what we are as two friends that met on Facebook on Mike Sanders' NASCAR page. I think we've done pretty well because the reality is we cover everything here in this spot. Uh, you can find me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. Find the Rip Strip Podcast at Grip Strip Pod on Twitter. Uh, we the Grip Strip Podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Podbean, Pandora, um, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find the Grip Strip Podcast. Uh, for me, uh, trying to not be as tired, leading into a new job. Uh, we'll see how that all goes. Uh, wanted to mention some of the other stuff, uh, sports stuff, but ran a little wrong, long, wrong, ran a little long uh, because I probably was droning a little bit, having problems finding information. Uh, so part of the frills that you get with the Grip Trip podcast. But no matter what, or where you listen, how you listen, thank you for listening to Grip Trip podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week for episode 110. A lot to go over, a lot that will be going on. NASCAR, Formula One, uh, uh, the main thing, then you'll have NHRA as well uh, going on post-Easter. So we thank you for listening to Griffith Podcast. I'm Phil or Josh. I'll take care.